Blog Talk Radio. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Way. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Hello there, modern lovers. Welcome to Modern Love Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Brenda, and we're going to talk about your love forecast. What if you could look into that proverbial crystal ball and know what 2017 is going to hold for your love life. This time of year is magic. It's the holiday season. We're going into the new year. 2016 is almost over, but we know that 2017, at least I hope you know, I trust you know, 2017 has infinite possibilities for each of us. So my question is this, are you living your best life? living all the possibilities given that you had some lessons that you learned this year. So what did you learn? Renowned visionary Edgar Cayce once said, each soul has a definite job to do, but only you alone may find and do that job. So tonight we're going to explore what that means fully with one of the country's most acclaimed intuitives, Meet Joyce Keller. She's America's number one psychic love coach. I have a few questions for her myself. She's been featured on Oprah and many other shows. She's an author, a psychic medium, who's hosted a live radio show since 1989 on New York's WGBB. Joyce has also been featured in both editions of the book, 100 Top Psychics in America, and has authored seven international best-selling books, including Why Am I Here? A Concise Guide to Your Purpose and Your Potential. I'll give you a little peep right now. Her website is www.joycekeller, that's Joyce, K-E-L-L-E-R.com, and her books are available there and other places I'll tell you about later. So, how did Joyce discover she had the gift? Let's ask her. Welcome to the show, Joyce Keller. Hi, Dr. Brenda. Wow, what an introduction. Thank you. Thank you so much. How did I know? My mother was psychic, and she told me, but I knew it because we used to share dreams even when I was a little kid. So really? she would say, yeah, she would say to me, I had this dream. I said, Mom, I'm only three years old. She said, well, come over here. You can, you can do this. So I oh, knew the dream was, as Edgar Casey said, and you said this before, Brenda, that dreams are the gateway to heaven. And mm. if you can record your dreams or try to understand them, it will tell you about your soulmates, about your upcoming relationships. Everything you need to know is in there. But you usually have to understand the symbology. I mean, do you agree with that, Dr. Brenda? You know, symbology is important. And Joyce, you know, this is one of my sweet spots because I'm fascinated by all things, of course, spiritual and mystical. And I'm a scientist. So I'm always looking to hard science to see if there's any reason for us 
to take some of these things seriously. And, and look, everybody, two-thirds of your mind is a subconscious. Everything you learn prior to the age of eight, if you could see it, hear it, touch it, taste it, smell it, it went into your little child brain, and it comes out in dreams. But there are other levels of consciousness. We know this. We can access them. Uh, there have been lots of studies done, some of them at the Stanford Research Institute, on people with gifts like yours, Joyce. So how can the average person, because everyone has intuition, right? How can the yes. average person tap into it? Okay, it, it's easy. As, a, as we were saying before, if you start trying to record your dreams, you'll probably say, well, I don't remember them, or it's very, very hard to remember, or I don't, I don't, I don't dream, which is impossible. Everyone dreams. We just don't remember. The more you keep that notebook by your bed and you record what, even little fragments that you remember, it will become stronger and more easily interpreted. You'll be able to have greater insight into your higher consciousness the, the mind that we use, the conscious mind that we use every day, Dr. Brenda, is not the highest mind, I'm sorry to say, and yet it's what directs our actions in most cases. Why most people are in trouble. They probably should not listen to that, <laughs> that conscious mind. We're in trouble mind. because we're using we should... the wrong part of the mind. <laughs> so right. what do you we mean should... when you say not the highest mind, Joyce? Just break that down for us, would you? Uh, yeah, I think the uh, greatest part of the consciousness and the most important part, I, I do a lot of hypnosis, and the, the most important part from what I can tell is the subconscious where we can remember our past lives and we know the purpose of our birth. I mean, so much is revealed. And you could say, well, you know, I really don't believe in hip hypnosis or it's impossible to hypnotize me. Try again and make sure there are no distractions and that you're covered with a little light blanket if you need it, you know, just so that you uh, don't get cold. And have someone that you trust or make a recording for yourself on a little tape recorder where you lead yourself into a state of deep relaxation. You have to go from beta to alpha, theta, delta, go all the way down to delta eventually, where you'll start seeing your past lives. And usually it helps if you do some yoga breathing first, do some yoga postures if you can do that. Do Hatha yoga, Raja yoga. So you get all relaxed, get warm and toasty, cozy. Have somebody there you trust, and then when you relax and get your brain moving down, as you said, alpha, beta, delta, theta. Theta is the state we know is the zone just before you go to sleep, everyone. And once you're there, you're kind of half awake, half asleep, and we can access that higher consciousness. Is that right? I love you. I think we should be good friends. I, absolutely. I guess, absolutely. You so now what if you have a specific question? Can you put yourself in that state and get answers? Yeah, you know, the line between meditation and hypnosis or self-hypnosis really doesn't exist. It, it, one flows into the other. Hmm. And meditation is so important. I'm sorry, Dr. Brenda, what was the question you asked? That's okay. I was no, I was wondering if people could get themselves into this state where they're in theta and ask a question and get answers. Oh, that's brilliant. I would think so. And, of course, as you said, someone should be there if possible. But a lot of us live alone. Mm -hmm. So you can... What I would suggest in that case, if you are alone, is you make a recording, and in the tape that you're going to listen to, 
you say that when you're ready, you will come completely out of it and you'll be fine. And they'll lead yourself into it and out of it and say, if I sleep for six or eight hours, that'll be even the best sleep I've ever had, and I'll come out of it at the right time feeling refreshed, feeling wonderful. I mean, how is this different from meditation? A lot of people are afraid of, of hypnosis or self-hypnosis, but really, can you possibly tell me as a psychologist how it's different from what is the difference between meditation and self-hypnosis? Do you have any idea? You know, I don't have a specific scientific answer. And all of our listeners, you know, unless I have science to back me up, I'm not going to answer. But what I do right. know, what I do know is that meditation is a state where we are accessing other parts of the mind. I do know that when we're in meditation, we shut down that primitive part of the brain, the old emotional brain or limbic system, and we start to develop more higher cortex, the executive function of the brain, the smartest part of the brain, which is kind of interesting because now here we go, a little bit of science, just a little, I promise there won't be any more. There are studies done on monks who have been meditating for years and those studies were done by a group of neurologists, some of them at UC Berkeley, some at other universities around the U.S. and around the world. And what they found is that the monk's frontal cortex was thicker and bigger, meaning that their executive function had been developed more than that primitive part of the brain. So instead of reacting, you know, the knee jerk, you can come from a place of responding because you're less stressed and that part of your brain is more developed. So I can tell you that for a fact. Did it look different? Did their foreheads look different? I don't know if it was visible physically, but the study showed (laughs) that the frontal lobes were definitely more developed. So, Joyce, how did you define psychic love coach? What does that mean? That's your title. (laughs) That changes periodically. I feel that... Everyone wants love. I mean, we're here to find love and to express love and to share love and to experience love. And the world could be crumbling and, you know, God forbid, and we're all, uh, you know, going down for the third time possibly, which I don't really see happening. But we'll be saying to ourselves, well, where is my soulmate? You know, I don't want to uh-huh. do this alone. You know, we're all looking for that special person, call it a soulmate or whatever you wish to call it, but that uh, other part of us that's, you know, so important. And I lost my husband about a little more than a year ago. Oh, I'm and so I'm sorry. Brilliant. That's a huge yeah. loss. Long, wonderful relationship. And uh, since my high school days. And uh, I'm telling you, I really, uh, I, I'm fortunate that he comes to me frequently in uh, meditation and in dreams. I'm very, very fortunate to have that experience. But when you lose that very special person, Things are just never the same again, and mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm uh, really. Even though I write about love coach, love coaching all the time, when you actually experience it yourself, it touches a part of your heart and your consciousness that is so deeply affected that, in a way, it's been good for me because it has made me even more compassionate, if that was possible. You know, and people call into my show, which is also on Block Talk Radio, by the way. Right. Looking for that soulmate, you know they're looking for that special someone. So, so what should people do? You've opened a really important channel, and I'm so 
terribly sorry about the loss of your husband because I do know mm. that is the number one yes. life stressor anybody can experience. And it, the only thing second to that is divorce. That would be number two. And that's no fun because I've been on that train. So, Joyce, for those people who want what you had with your husband, who want that deep love, that deep connection, what's your advice to them? Okay. First of all, you've got to get dressed. <laughs> get out of your pajamas. You've got to lose the pajamas, okay? Put on clothes, go out. You've got to go out. And hmm. this was very, very hard for me because I'm by nature uh, very hermetic. You know, I like to. I have a son in the twelfth house, so I really like to be alone. And I'm, I'm a loner, but I'm also very outgoing. I like to. I have two extremes. Either I'm on television and radio or I'm alone. You know, So it's very hard for me to socialize. But I'm really directing people to do what I'm forced to do, which is to get your hair done. If you need to go to the gym, do that. Look at yourself honestly in a mirror. A lot of, a lot of people come to me for readings, and I look at them, and I'm trying not to be critical. But they have, they have not done anything with their hair like in 20 years. And a man is going to notice that. They have to brush their teeth. I mean, there are some basics here. Go to Sephora, go to Macy's, get some makeup, get a makeover. I mean, there are some basic things you have so to do. So you're saying you let's do a little bit of buffing up, and it's kind <laughs> of like, you know, out in the wild, the animals that are ready to, you know, get into it in mating time get out there and they put up their best plumage and they parade around and do the mating dance. And <laughs> you're saying, hey, let's do the mating dance. Go get your hair done, get your really? makeover, get yourself in shape so that you're going to catch the eye because it, the eye does actually play a big part in attraction, everyone. Okay, so Joyce, now everyone has gone to the gym. They've got great new makeover, great hair. Right? This is true for men, too, by the way, because I've worked with of a lot of guys for everyone. From, from Silicon Valley where when they come in, they're the nicest engineers, geekiest can be, wonderful guys, and they say, gee, I just can't get a date. How do I do it? The first thing I do is I give them the name of a great hairstylist that I know and go, go get a shave and get a haircut. <laughs> and then go buy clothes. Of course. My husband was an engineer also, and engineers have a real problem having their hair cut or styled. And you just mentioned engineers, so that's why I picked up on that. Oh. It certainly is true. Yeah, but well, they have to, you know, my experience. They really have to try. <laughs> In a lot of our trainings and the different workshops we do, we have a wonderful group of people, and we have people who are in that field. This is the Bay Area where we're based, and it's so funny that whether it's a male engineer or female engineer, the first thing is go get buffed up. Okay, so now people have done it. They've gone out. They've really said, I'm coming out of my shell. I'm ready to shine. I now look like a pearl. What's next? Okay, the energy has to be right. You cannot be afraid. You have to be cautious and aware of the situation that you're in, of course. But, like, if you go on Match.com, uh you actually have to pay for it, I think. I finally broke right. down. I paid for one right. month. <laughs> and suddenly ah. the vistas opened. You know, suddenly there were tons and tons of men contacting me. And I said, this is great. This is like a male candy store. This is terrific. So I started really interacting with them. And they're very nice. 
Some of them, of course, are not right, and you can sift through that pretty quickly and know. The second uh, bit of advice that I would give is don't go on a free website. You've got to, our society really requires that we do something on the web. You have to really go over the different uh, sites and choose one. I think um, one, if you're spiritual, uh, there's, I, I think it's spiritual singles, single, conscious like singles. Yeah. There are a lot conscious of those. Conscious singles, right. But one of All the things, for those people who are out there cringing, Joyce, and going, oh, my God, I don't want to go online. <laughs> like I'm cringing, too. I'm cringing along Look, with you. here's the thing. Here's the thing. I have to tell you. I promise no more science, but here you have to know this if you're thinking about oh, dating no, online. 55% of people who meet and form long-term relationships or get married today are people who meet online. So that's, wow, that's where there's terrific. a pool of people because it's not like you could meet people the way you did in high school or college. you got to get out, get online, and it also allows you, because there are so many dating sites, to pinpoint who you want to meet. If you want a spiritual person, go to spiritual singles. You want to be with someone who's African-American or Asian or Latin or speaks Spanish or who's from an Ivy League school or, or whatever it is. We've got something for everybody. There's J-Date if you're Jewish. We have all of these different sites. And I have had the privilege of working with so many different people in our trainings where I've said, hey, here are the steps. And they have yeah. met their beloved and gotten married. So it does work. And it, there are LGBTQ sites absolutely oh, yes. everywhere, something for everybody. So there's no excuse, anyone. So, Joyce, you know, now, we've done I'm the sorry. outer work. We've gotten buffed up. We've gotten on a dating site. <laughs> it's a physical somebody. planet, Dr. Brenda. Come yeah. on, it's a physical planet. We have to do the shallow That's stuff. That's right, we do. Now, you've met somebody. <laughs> You've met someone. Uh-huh. How do you know if this is the one? Okay, I think body language is very important. Similar body language. Is he sitting there? Okay, there, there are so many things. I mean, body language is obvious. If he's sitting there with his arms crossed, like, show me why you're the one, that, that's a little hostile. I went, I, I actually went out on a date. <laughs> And Ooh, good for I, you, Joyce. <laughs> yeah, this is when you know my husband had passed a fairly recent time. I said, look, I've got to, I've got to put my feet back in the water. So uh, we, he said, let's go to uh, Chipotle, and uh, where you wait online. And I said to him, uh, please order whatever you order for yourself, and that'll be fine for me because I, I like just about it. If it's food, I'm, I'm in. So he said, okay. And I said, here's my charge card, you know, for, for my part. And he put the entire thing, which was only like $25 or so, he put the entire thing on my charge card. And he was a psychologist, by the way. So I was very turned off by that because I think a gentleman would at worst have put only half on or not at all. I went to the ladies' room. I really had to go to the ladies' room. And I, you know, gave him my card. I mean, do you think that that was acceptable or that's someone you would want to date again if, if he puts the entire thing on your charge card? I mean, do you have any feelings about that? About that. I think I my lost, feeling I about know. that is that you, this is my advice to you and anybody else who's curious, if somebody does something that doesn't make sense in your world, it's okay uh-huh. to say, 
I'm curious. I noticed that you put the entire meal on my charge card. Um, was that because you're planning to give me cash, or explain that for me because I'm I'm just curious. I was so horrified, Dr. Brenda. I didn't say anything. I didn't even eat what he ordered. I had it wrapped up. I took it home. And I ate it later. I was I was horrified. I said, "This is not this dating thing okay. is not for me." But that was just hold on kind of too fast, off. Joyce. Too fast. You move too fast, and a lot of people do the same thing. So for just a moment, I want everyone, all of our listeners, to be aware that when you meet another human being for the first time, that part of your brain that is the emotional threat center is activated. You feel anxious. You feel nervous. You're looking for signs. You're looking for clues that they are the wrong one, even more than whether you're looking for whether they're the right one. So that could be a fatal flaw that he had. Joyce, on the other hand, I would have just asked the question, what's up, bud? Explain that for me because I'm curious. What does it mean? Maybe he was planning to give you the money if you asked for it, or maybe he just kind of went um, into the zone and was handing a credit card and thought, oh, yeah, it's my card, and then it kind of came to himself. I don't know. It is a weird thing to do. I wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it unless we had permission, and I would have asked him about it. So now, moving I don't know, on. Brenda. I was, I don't know. I was new to the dating scene, and I just didn't I have the courage. I just couldn't get out of there fast I enough. I understand. So everyone, when you're new, you're going to feel scared. That's normal. So, Joyce, uh-huh. what about people who are further along, that was your first date, who are further along, right. who've dated someone maybe for two or three months, things have gotten pretty close, pretty intimate, and now one person is very excited and saying, hey, let's move forward, and the other person is going, gee, I'm not sure. How does that person who's not sure get clear? <laughs> you say... This is not for me, and my standards are. I say I've I've become even stronger and clearer. And if they, and I can only speak about my case and what I perceive for others. But I would just say I'm not ready, and I'm really an old-fashioned kind of person. I have moral virtues and whatever you wish to say, but say I'm just not ready. Mm -hmm. And you have to be upfront, and you have to just say it. And there's so much, so much sexual pressure in our society, and I just tell them as quickly as I can, once they start projecting that, I would just say, I'm not ready. This is too fast for me. I would just be upfront and honest about it. (laughs) Dr. Brandon, may I share one experience with you? Oh, you bet. Okay. I'm sure you know what tantric yoga is. Of course. For those who don't know, that is the yoga of sexual ecstasy. So do tell Joyce we all want to hear more about the yoga of sexual ecstasy. And it's about there moving of- energy through the body and elevating your sexual experience beyond the physical so that you're experiencing higher consciousness sex. Okay, go for it, Joyce. I mean, sex can do that. I mean, there's no denying it. Mm-hmm. But this particular gentleman did not know what tantric yoga was, but he used it as a tool and said that he would come from California to New York, which is where I am, and he would, we would practice tantric yoga together. And I said, do you know what that is? And he said, yes, I use it to keep going sexually. Now, I mean, 
What are mm. these people thinking? You know, this okay, is so well, totally. Look, he's from California. Everybody out here knows about tantric sex. And Joyce, I'm really sorry. <laughs> so I'm really not doing well. <laughs> well, you know no. what? You're at the beginning, and everyone else, you know that at the beginning of anything that's new, it takes a little time to get the hang of it to learn how to do it. We're all going to be pulling for you, Joyce. Now, I need to ask Thank you, you, for those who aren't familiar with finding out about their life's purpose, because the two things that everyone wants, we all want that great love, and we all want to live our life's purpose. Does it take yes. work and self-study to understand why you're here? What does it take to well, understand why I, I don't you're want to... here? I don't want to plug my book too much, but since you asked me, I will. Uh, it takes years and years and years to understand how to interpret the purpose of our birth, which I learned many, many years ago, maybe 20 years ago, that in the natal chart, the birth chart, which is really given to us before we're born as a roadmap of our life, and then we have free will intermingled with that, so we have about, uh, the, the birth chart shows us about 88% of what we can expect in our lives, and the rest is the way we use our free will. So in answer to your question, in the birth chart, there's a part of the chart called the North Node, and that's what my book is about. It tells what the North Node for each person's birth really means. It goes into it specifically. So you can actually look up your birthday, and you can find out the purpose of your birth, and it will also tell you about your most recent lifetime. So I think oh. that's a very unique concept. Yeah. Okay, so it, people really should unusual. get your book and take a look at their birth date and find out yes. more about why they're here. Now, what do you find that there's a pattern? What's the connecting line for all of us? I mean, do we all have, because I, I have my own belief about this, and I'm curious what you think. Do we all have an individual purpose, and is there a collective purpose? Is there a collective purpose? Yes, to move forward and upward in our evolutionary process, obviously. But the individual purposes are connected yet different for all of us, extremely specifically different for all of us, and yet they're the same. So this is a very complicated question and answer. And it takes many years of study, or you can meditate, and you can ask your higher self or ask God or whatever you believe to reveal to you what your actual purpose is and what your but chances are most people know uh, along around the time they're 20 or 21 they start realizing what they should be doing they get a glimmer and that's the, the basic answer it's um, dealing with your own personal karma or destiny or whatever you wish to call it. Uh, you know, I don't wish to step on any toes, but the uh, purpose is to know thyself. So I, you know that. That's the highest purpose know of our, our birth. That's the highest purpose of all. So how does that play out in a couple, in a relationship? One person is clear about their purpose and they're very excited, very committed to living that purpose, and maybe the other person isn't so clear. Maybe they're still trying hmm. to figure it out. Well, usually if you look at the birth chart and you look at the female aspect, which is Venus, and the male aspect, which is Mars, 
and you can see who are the people who are soulmates and who are not. It's, uh, it aligns with the moon, which is very emotional, and you, you actually have to study the birth chart, and I explain all of that in the simplest way possible so it doesn't sound so complicated, which it's really not. It's easy to understand. Like John, I, I forget his last name, women are from Venus and Mars are from men, um, yes. went into it in a non-astrological way, which was brilliant. What's his last name? I know John. Dar- oh, I don't you know, I can't believe he's a friend of mine, and I can't believe I can't come up with his name either. Oh, my God. Uh, John Gray. John Gray. Of course. He has... He has joined our trainings many times mm. here in the Bay Area and come to our classroom. He's a lovely guy, been married almost 40 years. In fact, I think they have 40 years now, he and Bonnie. Oh, how nice. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's really great. So this goes a little beyond that, which explains the Mars and Venus aspects and uh, many of the things that John uh, went into deeply. But this is uh, a more metaphysical approach. But the uh, answer is yes, we all have soulmates. I think Edgar Casey said most people have up to 10 soulmates per incarnation. Now that's interesting because a lot of people think, okay, I'm looking for the one, I have one soulmate, end of the story, end of the line, and there are no more. So you're saying there are no. up to 10. It's not even me saying it. It's It's Edgar Casey who said 10. And mm-hmm. as the sleeping prophet, I, I assume that he really had a good grip on it. But I agree that we have at least five. Most people have at least five. And the people who know this often in readings will say to me, well, you know, I haven't even had one. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe you have to try a little harder or try a different way or try to understand what your life purpose really is or what your lessons are and direct yourself in that way. Uh, Perhaps... uh, you know, it, see what you're supposed to be experiencing and don't fight it. And so for I, that you, would be finding, finding a life purpose will also help you find a soulmate. Is that what you're saying? Yes, it's all mixed together. It, it uh. blends together, and it's so complicated. And before we're born, I believe that there's such a, a complicated situation setting up the, the person's destiny. But it's easy for our guides and angels to do that. But for us, it would be very difficult. So we kind of mix it together, and there's an agreement. And yes, I will be born uh, with one leg or whatever it is, because I need to have that lesson. And oh, but at a certain point, I'll get an artificial leg. Like whatever it is, it's pretty much plotted. So whatever out. challenges we have, we made the agreement to go through them so that we could get the lesson, so we could learn right. something from the challenges. You know, that really speaks to one of the core things that I know most of us really have to, how can I put it, have to undo and grow past. And that's the idea that I'm a victim of life. That somehow no, I'm a no victim. victim. And what you're no, saying is we made agreements and mm-hmm. we're supposed to get the lesson. So how do we know what the lesson is, Joyce? That's where meditation comes in or deep hypnosis where you ask, or you can do this before you go to sleep. If you ask before you go to sleep with an an open mind and heart and say, if I would say directly to God, I'd say, if you would tell me this, I'd really appreciate it. What is the answer to this particular problem? What is the solution? Keep asking if it's every night or whatever it is before you go to sleep, and usually you will get answers very quickly. You know, I have to tell you, Joyce, I did this myself once. I had to make Uh a decision about whether I was going to continue doing work in media 
And I said, all right, I'm going to use, because I had heard the same advice that you should ask before you go to sleep. And I said, all right, look, guides, angels, you know, whoever is guiding me, benevolent ancestors, I want you to get in here. And if I am supposed to continue working in the media field rather than going another direction, I want a sign that is so clear, so big, there's no denying it. So I got up the next morning and I drove over to my office and my office was on a kind of an odd little side street where it was always quiet, nothing was going on. And as I get there, 20th Century Fox had a giant tractor trailer. I turned the power and there was a whole line of tractor trailers and lights and cameras and cables all over the sidewalk. I had to trip over them to get to the door of my office. I tell security, no, no, this is my office. I have to go in. And as I'm saying to security, I have to go in, I look up and Julia Roberts is walking down the street toward me. She's filming a scene right there. And I went in the office and sat down and said, boy, that was a big sign. (laughs) Giant (laughs) sign. That's terrific. Your showbiz, what can I say? <laughs> well, for whatever, whatever our purpose is, if you're not sure, I have to tell you Joyce's advice is golden because I did exactly that, Joyce, and I got a pretty darn clear sign. And I know other people who have just gone to bed. And one other thing that I sometimes recommend, I don't know if you'll agree with this, is to write down the question. So as soon oh, as you good. start to wake up, before you come out of theta completely, you write down the answer that's there. If you wait and get up and go brush your teeth and all the other stuff, you'll lose, you lose it. Sir. You've got to write it the minute you even begin to wake up. Oh. So keep, keep something right next to your bed to write with when you ask for an answer because it's coming. You'll either see it out there in the world or it'll come through your consciousness and you'll write it down. So, Joyce, when you are giving people love advice, what's the number one thing that you find yourself advising couples to do? Oh, couples, that's interesting. Well, usually the problem is one of lack of communication. And I went to... um, Oh, there are so many different groups for counts for couples who need counseling and groups and all of that. And uh, usually the advice is the same. Have a notebook, and either you can write to the other person or you can write to yourself and share those letters. Let them be love letters. And share what you're feeling. Sometimes people can't verbalize it, Dr. Brenda, and they mm-hmm. need to write it out. And they'll say, look, you you just have to give me some time alone or whatever the problem might be. And when I come home from work or whatever it is, I know you have a lot to tell me, you've got to give me a half an hour or an hour of absolute silence because, you know, this can can work both ways with men and women, of course, or whatever the issues are. Give me some time. In most cases, I think they're requesting time and a little serenity and a little downtime, just an ability just to turn it down a little bit because of all the pressures on us, and then give them something to drink in some cases, you know, whatever their favorite drink is. And uh, usually that helps a lot, and sometimes you have low blood sugar also. Well, you know, that's an interesting thing when you're saying give people something to drink because 
often and eat. when we take us <laughs> eat that's right don't get hangry don't get hangry everybody don't get too hungry angry lonely tired halt <laughs> take care of those basic needs but when you do take a sip of water or tea or some beverage the brain says oh there's no lion in the grass and the brain calms down you start to dump mm. stress hormones cortisol out of your blood and it helps you to feel a little calmer. So if you're having a difficult conversation, doing it over a cup of tea or lemonade or whatever it is, that actually does help. It actually does. Yeah, yeah it really does. And I think, low, believe it or not, low blood sugar, I think, is the biggest problem. People are just darn hungry or they've been in yeah, traffic yeah. or whatever it is. You know, they're it's a hungry or thing. they're tired. And I always tell couples, if you're working something out, do not do it after 8 o'clock at night because mm. you're going to be up in the morning usually between 6 and 8, so you've already been at it at least 12 hours. Your brain is fatigued. You're not at your best. So save it until you're both rested, you're both fed, and you can be in a quiet, safe place. And I love the idea of writing. Often that gets couples to start expressing what's going on because you have to think about it when you write it. When you just open your mouth, it can come out in kind of a clumsy way and sometimes a <laughs> hurtful way. So, Joyce, uh-huh. when you – now, I want to go back to something you said earlier about single people getting buffed up and getting back out there. We've got them all buffed <laughs> out out on the dating sites. They've met somebody, and they feel pretty sure – this is the one. How do they check it out? Okay. One night I was sitting with my daughter at um, it was a, a it was a bar, but it was also uh, where they served dinner. You could eat there, so we were eating dinner at a bar. And my daughter said, "I dare you to go over to that man right over there who looks very, very nice and speak to him and be nice." So I said. You're daring me to do this? You know, you should never dare me to do anything. (laughs) That's great. So she said, no, no, go do it. He looks very nice. I said, okay, watch this. So I I went over my slinkiest, best way. (laughs) I slinked over to him. There was a stool next to him, which was empty, Dr. Brenda. So I was going to sit down. I was going to be very nice. But I looked at his face, and I realized he had no whiskers. And (laughs) he was drinking. He didn't see me at all. So I said, this, this this guy is probably like 20. <laughs> I can't, I can't, he has no whiskers. This is terrible. So I turned on my heels and I went back to my daughter. I said, you win. I can't, I can't. He was just wrong <laughs> for so well, many reasons. Well, of course, he was not age appropriate. But now <laughs> but here he are the people. The distance, like yes, <laughs> but here are the people who have found someone that they think is the one. What's the oh, limit okay. test? How can they be sure? Well, I, ultimately, of course, it's sex, but you don't want to put that first necessarily. Although a lot of now, people now wait a minute. What do you mean first. when you say ultimately, of course, it's sex? You're saying that your sexual connection will tell you that this is the one. I kind of think so because it's a oh. physical planet, and we're such physical people. I think if one person is sexual and the other is not, that's going to be very problematic. I would think. I mean, there has to be some sort of equality in in most things especially it's so sex is such an important topic i don't see how that can be ignored so sooner or later that has to be addressed at the right time but 
you asked what comes first. The, what are the priorities and uh, well, no, judging not of priorities. How can someone who has found someone that they believe uh-huh. is the one, how can they be sure they're the one? And you're saying sex is a good litmus test. Okay, we can sign on to that. Also, another thing I learned is that if you like a big, juicy burger and that person is a, a devout vegetarian, he or she is going to look at you with with venom at a certain point. Like, how can you do that? And that's going to be a conflict also. There there are lifestyles that have to enter into it also. Uh, he can't turn up in uh, Birkenstocks when you're wearing high heels and, you know, dressed to the nines. I mean, there are so many factors that enter into it. What is the uh, physical attraction? And does he have a dirty beard? I mean, you have to really look at the whole thing. <laughs> Everything matters. All right, everybody, we are talking tonight. With Joyce Keller. Joyce is an author. She is a psychic love coach, and she is giving us a little peek behind the curtains in terms of her own experiences, and certainly a little bit from her wonderful books that are guides. Now, let me just remind you how you can get in touch with Joyce. She's at www.joycekeller.com, and her books are available for purchase at www. A R E, that's capital A R E, catalog dot com. So you can get the books there. And Joyce discovered early on she had the gift, and she has, through her own experiences, put together quite a compilation of valuable information that will help you use angel guides, astrology, karmic patterns, akashic records. And in case you don't know what those are, you better look it up and find out because that's your book of life and a record of your own life and your own energy. And she's got so much more to help you recognize the important aspects of yourself that are going to, get, that are going to give you signs that you've got the right one or not, signs to your true purpose. And you'll learn to embrace the life that was meant to be as you move through this very simple and powerful guidebook, you're going to find your purpose and your potential. So, Joyce, you get the last word. What do you want to leave us with? Okay, I thank you very much, Brenda. I would like to say that it's also everything is available on Amazon. I mean, Amazon is the most incredible avenue ever and venue. So uh, I, I would say that we are the light and love one another. And that that I have nothing else to say. Just honor who and what you are. And, Dr. Brenda, you're so fabulous. I, I thank you very, very much for being so comprehensive and for giving me this wonderful opportunity. So I hope you'll be on my show. Thank you. I'd love so. that, Joyce. Definitely. We'll connect with each other. And for all of our modern lovers, do everything in your power to open your heart, to give and receive love. And I think Joyce and I are on the same wavelength right now. So thank you to our wonderful producer, LeGrand Green, our associate producer, Cliff Dunning. And to all of you modern lovers, good night. I love you. Blessings. Thank you. Thank you.